Hey, Intentional Living Podcast listeners, we have an announcement before this week's episode. After much prayer and exploring the best way to serve God and you, with uplifting and challenging content, we felt led to change our name. The ministry Intentional Living is now called Alive and Active Life. We are very excited about this new name and the many ways Alive and Active Life will impact and encourage Jesus' followers all over the world. If you want an inside look into our name change, check out the episode entitled Our New Name. I think you'll find it interesting. And now, here is today's episode. Welcome to Alive and Active Life. Broadcasting encouragement to live your daily life with God's help and inspiration to reach for more of God by faith. Join Brenda Wolf for today's practical insights. Welcome. This is Brenda. Have you ever seen an angel? I'm guessing not. I haven't seen one either. But You know, I guess I could say this, and you probably could agree with me. I have a number of precious people angels in my life. But as far as a face-to-face with a real, live, heavenly angel, not a chance. Historically, whenever a person has seen an angel, especially those that are noted, the stories that are told in Scripture, those folks who had those encounters were dumbfounded. They were shocked. In fact, many times they were simply terrified. Let's take a look at a short list of encounters and just see exactly what their experiences were like. First, we'll look at Moses. Then we'll look at Gideon. The third group we will look at are the shepherds. And then the fourth one will be Joseph. That would be Jesus' earthly father. And then the fifth one will be Joseph, again, Jesus' earthly father. The sixth one will be, yeah, it's getting to be the norm, Joseph, again. And then the seventh one we'll look at is Peter in prison. There are fascinating details that surround these seven angel encounters. These were regular people doing regular things. When God sends a power visitor to change the very course of their life. Let's start with Moses. So Moses and the burning bush, everybody knows that story. Well, he had been caring for his father-in-law's flocks for years. Then it happened, a burning bush. If you know anything about fires and bushes, the bush usually burns up. Not this one. It just kept radiating and burning and blazing making an extraordinary statement. Moses was dumbfounded, and he was super curious. Exodus 3, verses 2 and 3 says this, There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over, and I will see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. FYI, 
Moses obeys what the angel tells him to do from the burning bush. That's our first story. The second one is about Gideon. Gideon, uh, let's look at Judges, the sixth chapter, verses 12 and 13. That tells the story of Gideon's angel encounter, and he was actually threshing wheat at the time. Here's the short version. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon then says what you and I would have at least thought, if not also said. Gideon exercises the fear of the Lord, and he has a deep respect. But I just love his first words to this larger-than-life angel. Gideon replies with, Pardon me, my Lord, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Pardon me, my Lord. Isn't that great? The first words out of his mouth, even with all of his questions, his first thing that he said was, Pardon me, my Lord. We often wonder about unsolved life mysteries. We groan at losses. We grieve at the unfair things. And we regret mistakes. We often hate the unending barrage of problems. And worst of all, sometimes we just simply lose the fear of the Lord. Gideon didn't. His questions and frustrations were all couched within the context of deep respect for God. And FYI, Gideon didn't need to understand everything in order to obey the angel to the detail. So that is Gideon's story. Now let's go to another part of the country and we're going to visit the shepherds. They are watching their flocks. In Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. These guys were terrified. An entity from another dimension appeared in piercing light and power. It made their littleness look even smaller. Have you ever been terrified? Not just scared, terrified. Terrified means that you just hope to make it out alive. These shepherds would have rather taken on a bear or a lion than an electric, powerful angel of the heavenly hosts. FYI, the shepherds immediately obeyed the angel. Now we're going to go to Jesus' earthly father, Joseph. First encounter. 
From the beginning of his adult story, Joseph has recurring encounters with angels. Most of us get important messages via email, mail, texts, or phone. But Joseph gets jolting, real-life, very powerful personal angel visits. Wow! Matthew 1 verse 20 records the first visit. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you're familiar with the Matthew film. It's a beautiful story of Jesus' life. The Matthew film portrays this visit very dramatically. It shows that Joseph is literally clutching his head, wondering if he is going insane as he slowly sinks against a wall to the ground. FYI, Joseph obeys the angel. Okay, Joseph, second encounter. To be clear, Joseph gets critical data for his next personal decisions from these electrically vibrant messengers. Visit number two transpires after the wise men travel to see young Jesus. Matthew 2.13 says, When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So, after this angel visit, what happens? FYI, Joseph obeys the angel again, middle of the night, no questions, gathers all his traveling stuff, his wife and his child. He saddles up the donkey, he has no idea what's coming next, or that they will be gone for however many years. He doesn't even think about his property. He just obeys. Next story is again Jesus' earthly father, Joseph, and it's getting to be the norm. By this time, Joseph is getting used to the incredible angel directives. The next, and likely the last, heavenly visit is recorded in Matthew 2, verse 19. Here's what it says. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. Not that it's humdrum by this point for Joseph, but FYI, after these recurrent experiences, Joseph again obeys the angel. Probably not with a comfortable yawn yet, as he says, okay, but he definitely obeys. The almost final story we're going to talk about, it was the final one that we mentioned. It was the seventh example of people who have had angel visits, is Peter in prison. Acts chapter 12, verses 6 and 7. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, 
Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Well, we know the rest of the story is the angel led him out of prison, and Peter thought he was dreaming, but it was real. Interestingly enough, what we can look at is that Peter is prepared to die. He's getting good sleep, possibly anticipating going home to his beloved Jesus the next day. No fears, no worries, just peaceful sleep. In fact, the angel has to hit him to wake him up. Wow. FYI, Peter obeys the angel, walks out of prison. It's not the home going that he anticipated, but he's grateful for more time to serve Jesus. I'm going to throw in another angel story. It's the Easter angel who sat on the gravestone and gave a message. So let's consider the story of Easter. During this terrible week of preparation and suffering, Jesus is ministered to by his powerful, fully loyal servant angels, those glorious warriors of his heavenly hosts, God's unstoppable army. Then comes the critical cross and the burial. And then God sent an angel down to earth from heaven after Jesus had already raised from the dead on Sunday morning. The angel is so electric, powerful, and pure that he makes superheroes look like they are children at play. But this actually happens. The angel's landing on the earth very likely shakes the earth. The Easter angel is given clear orders, seven of them. One, roll back the stone to the empty tomb. Two, sit on it. Let people see you. Three, assure my children to not be afraid. Four, assure them that I am alive, just as I said I would be. Five, let them see the empty tomb. Six, tell them to pass this truth on to others. And seven, tell them to meet up with me in Galilee. Those are quite the angel visits. I've never had an angel visit like that. I don't know that very many people have anymore. Maybe you have, but chances are you have not. But still, I have some application questions and thoughts that I want to bring to you. What would you do if an angel suddenly stood in front of you? Are you open to God's messages without glorious angels? Do you receive daily from His Word? Are you honest, transparent, authentic, and respectful to the commander-in-chief of the heavenly hosts in your difficulties? 
you can enjoy the comfort and the joy of His undeserved friendship. God gives you friendship. He is the commander-in-chief of the heavenly hosts, but He still offers to you friendship, and it doesn't have to have an angel. It's real. So the main question is, do you obey? FYI, God bless you. Think about angels and think about what it's like to obey just simply because you trust God and you love Him back. You want to respond to His friendship. Let that be your message to Jesus, who gave you a very strong message at Easter time. I love you. You've been listening to Brenda Wolf with Alive and Active Life. Visit our website at www.aliveandactivelife.org, your web-based home for resources including books and ebooks, libraries of articles, podcasts, shareable images, and more as you navigate life's challenges and issues. Sign up on our email list to stay current with the tools you need to be the person God designed, living an alive and active life.